Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. You, you can be happy in the house of the Lord. I told our Wednesday night crowd, I had somebody call me a couple of weeks ago and said, are you still laughing? I said, no, we've moved on to the depression of our salvation. We've become discouraged in the Lord. We've put on our religious hat. No, we're happy. Of course we're laughing. He fills my mouth with laughter and shouts of joy. Fills my mouth with laughter and shouts of joy. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be depressed. If you're depressed and full of anxiety today, you know what? You're, I'm, God's been touching you lately. Yeah. <laughs> Come up here. Come up here. Where's the microphone? Linda, what's been happening? Because you've, you've, been, you've been showing up at random times here, yeah. and, and I, I'm not quite sure what's going on, so uh, this uh, is, why don't you tell The Lord is us? just doing a new thing. He told me a while back, get out of my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, okay. So anyway, <laughs> with his help. <laughs> and just slowly and gradually, he has just been doing a new thing. And that's what I wanted to share with you, Isaiah 43. Be sure and read it. And it says, he's doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And one day I said, no, Lord, I don't perceive it. Help me to perceive it. And within three days, the Lord showed me. And I just thought, thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. He's doing a new thing. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. Now, what's, so what's your back? Is this, are you used to this? What's, what's, tell no, me. Okay. not at all. Okay. I love it. I feel like I'm set free to worship the way I want to worship. That I've always had. I have had a desire so strong, and I have been looking for so long, and I've just been seeking, and God just blessed me by coming here. Valerie invited me, and one day, and I said, okay, you know. So I went, whoa, this is it. This is it. <laughs> so God is in the process. Now, what's your background? Methodist. You know, where, where are they at? We've, this is awesome. So... So we had, now this is funny, so we've had a Methodist, uh, what is her, what is she, a pastor? She's a leader. She's a leader. So we've had a Methodist leader, church leader, coming on Wednesday nights to get baptized in the Holy Ghost and to get, get church. And her pastor sent her to our church to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah, she's, she was laying on the floor the other Wednesday night so laughing. Glad she, was, to hear that. she was having a good time over oh, there. Oh, yeah. You've got to laugh. <laughs> laughter is the best thing. And that verse that you just mentioned about the laughter, uh-huh. God just gave me that this week for the first time ever. Isn't it awesome? I love I've been giving it out to everybody. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. And this is amazing, too, because I don't do this. <laughs> Neither I don't. do I. 
<laughs> I don't do this. <laughs> Fill her up, Lord. Yes. Fill her up. More. Fill. <laughs> I don't do this. John chapter 11. Hallelujah. Just let the Lord touch you today. You don't have to turn off. Don't get in any hurry. You know, there's one more thing. <laughs> Come on, help her up. Yeah, we're coming. harder. Um, two weeks ago when I w was here and you called me out and you got a hold of my wrist and you said that the Lord wanted me to be refreshed. I was so tired that day. I had overdid it Saturday and we've been birthdayed out. So anyway, that Sunday we were celebrating my son's birthday and my granddaughters are sitting next to me on the couch and my youngest one and she's got a lot of issues. She needs a lot of prayer. Her name's Elena, if you think of her. And she grabbed on my wrist. And I thought, hmm, she held on for the longest time. Wow. And God showed me God was at work with her and yeah. gave me hope, fresh yeah. hope and encouragement. Yeah. So I have to share that too. Thank That's you. That's awesome. It Fill is. her up, Lord. Woo. More. Touch. <laughs> the Lord wants to change you and transform your life. He doesn't want just business as usual. This morning I want to take a look at that and, and very popular story that I'm sure we've all heard from John chapter 11 and the raising of Lazarus from the dead. But the Lord wants to do business as unusual in your life, not business as usual. Sometimes we get so used to going through our routine and we forget that God's walking right there with us the whole time, wants us to be joyful in our salvation, wants to be peaceful and not in anxiety and discouragement, doesn't want us to live in fear. So today, let the Lord touch you. Let him, let him begin to work in the deep areas of your life. Maybe there's someone here today and you'd say, you know what? Um, I'm just not so sure about all this. <laughs> well, I want to tell you just a quick little story before I jump into John chapter 11. About two years ago, We were asked to come to a church in Akron, Ohio, and we were asked with the premise of, we want a New Testament church. Yep. 
And our response was, that's who we are. So if you want New Testament, here we are. Then you're not getting anything different. So we went to this church in a place called Akron, Ohio. It was very cold there. <laughs> and lo and behold, we found a church. There was an Assembly of God church, but needed New Testament ministry. Fast forward the time clock here, two years to present day. If you hadn't noticed, we're experiencing New Testament church. It's in front of you. It's happening. So you have the opportunity to step in and be a part of it or to stay on the shore and watch everybody else jump in the river. That's awesome. God's bringing people from churches in our area, not just her, but others, from our area, we, have, we just got word, we, haven't, we have churches coming to the Miracle Weekend to experience what God's doing here. Tell me God's not at work. It's happening. So I just want to encourage you, get in. Get into what the Lord's doing. Get into the flow. Get your oars out into the water and just row with him. Just go with him. Let him carry you. It's a lot better than trying to fight and row upstream. <laughs> it's awesome. John chapter 11. I'm just going to walk through this scripture. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed. It's funny that John captures this about who this person is. This was Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil. It left such an indelible mark on John's life and memory that he recalled the woman who poured out the fragrant oil on Jesus' feet. Your worship makes a mark in history. Now, I don't, I don't mean that to say your worship is all about you and you, you've got to worship. What I'm saying is your, your worship marks, marks your life. It puts an indelible imprint on your life and causes you to step in to the greater things that God has for you. When you begin to launch out and worship the Lord extravagantly, it, it leaves the, the, the shore, as we were saying earlier, you're leaving the shore, the place of safety, and you're launching out and worshiping the Lord in an in extravagant way. It changes who you are on the inside, and it affects people around you. Anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? And so don't stay. Let me, if I could, if I could offer a suggestion to you this morning. Don't stay in the place of safety with your worship. Launch out into the deep. Allow God to expand and increase your ability and your stamina in worship. You know, many times we do our, our, our three songs and, you know, that's it. I'm good for the day, Lord. I sang a song or I thought about a song or I thought about a scripture, whatever the case is. And so we go on with the rest of our day. And, and the Lord wants to increase. He wants to expand your capacity for worship. I just sense this morning that there are those here today that you've been asking the Lord to increase your worship. And I want to challenge you to be extravagant in your worship. Don't, don't be hindered by the thoughts and the opinions of others. 
Mary came in with her fragrant, very costly $30,000 perfume and poured it out on Jesus' feet and washed his feet with her hair. And it was noted that this, this was that Mary. It was her brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Let me just pause right there. No matter what it is that you're going through today, it is for the glory of the Lord. Some of you don't believe that. Hopefully by the, the time you leave, you will. What you're facing today is for the glory of the Lord in your life. Difficult circumstance, difficult situation did not just happen just by happenstance. God is using and working that situation for his glory and your joy. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that my father might be glorified, that my joy may be in you and it may be to the full. God wants to be glorified and he wants you to be happified. <laughs> Remove the frown, turn it upside down and be happy in the Lord. Be happified today. Let it be swallowed up in God. Be swallowed up in the joy of the Lord. Don't let, don't let your circumstance or situation talk you out of the joy of the Lord. Don't let it talk you out of the glory of God. I read a thing this week. It says, what you believed in the light, don't allow uh, doubt to come in the darkness. What you saw God promise you in the, clear, the clarity of life. What God promised you when, when you were on the mountaintop, all of a sudden when you get in the valley and the place of darkness, don't allow the enemy to talk you out of what God's already promised you. What God has promised is yes and amen. It may come slowly. It may come uh, in our timing slowly, but God's timing is always perfect. Trusting today. So the Lord finds out Jesus finds out about Lazarus being sick. Jesus, verse 5, loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. And, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, what did he do? He stayed two more days. <laughs> Isn't that like God to say, well, I, I'm glad you're going through that. I'm just going to enjoy my time. I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to rest. When Jesus is on your boat, there's no need to get discouraged. The storm may come. There's no... When the storm, I keep looking over here, so I'm going to move over here because I feel like this is a good word for somebody over here. The storm may be rocking your boat today. The storm may be rocking your boat. Yes, Lord. The storm may be rocking your boat today. But when Jesus gets on the boat and, you know, he might be sleeping on the bottom of the boat. You're like, Lord, what are you doing? I have no clue what you're doing. Why, why are you taking a nap? I'm in the middle of, don't you see what I'm in the middle of? He stayed two more days. Rest in the Lord. Strive to enter to the rest of the Lord. Stop, stri stop striving to fix it. Strive to enter his rest. And so Jesus says to his disciples, oh, let's camp out. Let's stay two more days. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. Now let me pause here. And actually the disciples say this in verse 8. Uh, Jesus, don't you remember? You have a death warrant against you. So you go back anywhere near Jerusalem, they're going to kill you. you have, they're out to kill you. Matter of fact, after Lazarus gets raised from the dead, not only did they want to kill Jesus, they were after Lazarus too. Lazarus ended up going on and pastoring the church, but, but they, they were after both of them by the time this day ended. 
Verse 9, are there not 12 hours in the day? Jesus says, if anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if, he, if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not with him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go to wake him up. And his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, then he'll get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about his taking rest and sleep. And Jesus said to them plainly, have you ever had that moment with the Lord? Where he says something to you, you're like, oh, yeah, 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 okay, got it, yep. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Lazarus is dead. He had to speak to them plainly. Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. And then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So Jesus came and he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went out and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give to you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Let me pause right here. You know, Jesus' first comment to her, hallelujah. Jesus' first comment to her was that, you know, or, she, or Martha's first comment to Jesus, excuse me, said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. Jesus, if you'd just been here, if you would have been on time, this wouldn't have happened. If you would have been with us, we, you know, this problem wouldn't have happened. Have you ever been in that place where you just felt like, God, if you would have just done this, if you would have just removed that person, if you would have just healed this person, if you would have just done this, then we wouldn't be in this situation, we wouldn't be facing this difficulty, and yet it's the very decision of the Lord that has worked out that you would be in the situation that you're in. Stop kicking against the goads, God told Paul, stop kicking against the plan of God. This is for the glory of God. The circumstances of life, it's for his glory. Stop trying to fix it on your own. Stop trying to reason it out. On your own. You're not going to be able to reason it out. You're not going to be able to figure it out. It's God and his glory on display for you to enjoy. And then she says, but I know that if you ask God, he'll give it to you. She, she wasn't connecting that the very source of all power was standing in front of her. She recognized Jesus as a prophet, and she recognized him that if he asked God, God would do it. But she missed the fact that the source, the creator of all things was standing right there in front of her. You know, sometimes we can have an understanding that God can move on our behalf, but, but we miss the fact that he's standing right in front of us. That difficult situation, it's time to just set up shop and get your house in order and enjoy the season that you're in. Stop trying to change seasons. God's ordered the steps of your life. Set up your house. Get it organized. Get it clean. I'm not talking about your physical house. I'm talking about your spiritual house. Set up shop and enjoy the season that you're in. 
Stop trying to change the season. Just say, Lord, thank you for your fire. Thank you for your testing. Thank you for changing my life. Thank you, Lord, that you have me where I'm at and that I'm going to see the glory of the Lord in this. So instead of being worried and stressed out and angry with you, I'm just going to sit back and worship you in spite of the circumstance. Lord, thank you that you are the, you are the originator of all source of power. You are the one who can speak life into this dead situation. You are the resurrection. You are the life. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I thank you. And then you'll find as you do that, maybe, maybe, just maybe, the Lord will start changing the attitudes of your heart. And Jesus looks at her and he says, in verse 23, your brother will rise again. It's kind of like, uh, Veronica, you've been healed. Well, okay, Lord, let me, I'll keep eating soy to see if it really works. (laughs) But how many times does that happen? God says one thing, well, okay, Lord, I I get, I, I, well, maybe. And that's kind of what Martha's response to 24 was. Well, I'll know, I know he'll rise at the resurrection on the last day. In other words, yeah, yeah, that's a, you know, it's a good church response. Yeah, yeah, Jesus is always the answer, right? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, he'll, he'll rise again at the end of all things. It'll be, it'll be good, but, but yeah. No, Jesus was saying, Martha, your brother is getting out of the tomb today. How many times does the Lord stand over the tombs and the circumstances of our life and say, today is the day of resurrection life. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of hope. Today is the day of a miracle. And we just want to keep everything in the tomb. Just, it's easier to keep things in the tomb. It's easier to keep our hurt in our lives and, and all the issues of the past. It's easier to keep our, because if it's in the tomb, at least we know where it's at. It's not getting out of control. We know where it's at. We know what's going to happen. It's in the tomb. It's dead, right? But the minute that God says, okay, it's time for the situation to resurrect. It's time for new life. Your marriage, it seems hopeless. The finances, it seem hopeless. The, the whatever situation seems so. It's time for resurrection life to flow into that. All of a sudden, that means that we have to face reality. Yeah. And everybody wants to jump behind the pulpit and say, no. I don't, want to face, I don't want to face reality. I don't want to deal with this, Lord. And then all of a sudden, God says, but he's going to live today. Yeah. Reality check. He's been dead for four days. <laughs> the King James says he stinketh. <laughs> he's in grave clothes. It's not a nice, neat, all-package deal situation. You know, sometimes when God says, get out of the boat and walk on the water, it's not as neat and pretty of a package as we would like. All he says to us is take a step, get out of the boat. And all we know to do is get out of the place of uncertainty and the, the, or get out of the place of comfort and control and get out into the place of uncertainty. It's called life by faith. And it's the life that you and I are called to live, to live a life of faith, not a life in the place of the tomb, not a life in the place of comfort, but a life lived in the resurrection life of God flowing through us. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am. Not that I was, I am. 
I am the resurrection and the life. He is ever present in the time of need. Begin to look up to the hill from whence cometh your help. Stop looking at the valley and the circumstance and the situation. Look at Jesus who is standing right in front of you. He is the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in him will experience resurrection life. Though they may die, the resurrection life of God can flow through them. And if they live, the life and the resurrection of God, they'll never see death. This is the nature of God, that he is unending resurrection life. He is unending life. He is the, the life of man that came and became the light of our world, John 1, 4 says. We can enjoy the life of God for ourselves. He is the life. In Ephesians 2, verse 1, it says, and you were dead you were absolutely dead. There was absolutely no spark of life within you spiritually. You were dead in your trespasses. And verse 5, it repeats, even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. Christ is the originator. He is the source of all life, and he continues all life within us. The word alive there is the Greek words of poio, and it means to be quickened, to continue on in life. God wants you to be quickened. He wants you to be made alive. He wants you to be resurrected and continue on in life. Stop continuing on in depression and continue on in life. Put on the life of God. Be clothed with the resurrection life of God. He says he's the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, I know my Redeemer lives. I don't, it doesn't matter what I'm facing today. My Redeemer lives and on that day I will stand with him. My Redeemer lives. He is the resurrection. He is the life. And if I believe in him, belief is the conductor for all things spiritual. It is the, it, it is the great communicator. It is the great receptor of all things that God wants to do in your life. And you and I must live our life by faith, not by doubt or discouragement, but by faith. Not by fear, but by faith. Jesus said, didn't say here, if you love me, then you'll have resurrection life. If you serve me, you'll have resurrection life. If you imitate me, you'll have resurrection life. No, he said, if you believe in me, if you have faith, if the faith of God has been imparted into your life and you are receiving by faith, it is by grace through faith that you are saved. It is by grace through faith. Our Christianity operates on a level of faith. It is the grace of God. It is the only grace of God that by which we can be saved. It is by faith. And so we have to turn on and say, Lord, help me to live my life by faith, not by what I see. If you go through and you read Hebrews 11 and all those that lived in Hebrews 11 and mentioned by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, they saw the promises and though they did not obtain them, they have this testimony. They lived by faith. They were cut in two. They were martyred. They were tormented. It goes through and lists all the things that these went through and you and I live on their shoulders by faith. By faith we live. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. The evidence, it's concrete, it's the proof. It is our spiritual perceptivity. 
It's not being able to put a picture of a new Rolls Royce on your refrigerator and you walk by it every day and claim, I'm going to have a new Rolls Royce. (laughs) Thank God if you get one. Take me for a ride. But faith is being able to perceive what God's saying about your life. If he wants you to have one, then go for it. Knock yourself out. But what is God speaking over your life? What is God saying over your life? What is God, what is the master artist painting in your life? So what Ephesians 2.10 says, that we are his masterpiece. We are his poema. We are his master artwork. What is he designing? What is he drawing with your life? Faith is the ability to perceive it and to see it. It's the ability to hear it. Martha was a normal church person. Yeah, Lord, I believe that on their last day it's going to happen. But what about right now? If you were here... He wouldn't have died. God, what about right now? I have, I'm facing uncertainty right now. Yeah, I believe, yeah, eternity. Yeah, I believe all that. Yeah, I believe that you're coming back. Yeah, I believe all that. But, but, but what about right now, Jesus? You know, it's interesting. Jesus did not rebuke her for her doubt, her control, her anxiety, her fear, many of which... It's getting quiet up in here, many of which we probably all have been there and have lived. But this was his response. He kept revealing who he was. And that's the nature of Jesus, is no matter what it is we're going through, he just wants to keep revealing who he is to you. But you have to be in a place to hear it. You have to be in a place to receive it. And so when we say, more Lord... That's what we're talking about. Be in a place that God can reveal himself to you a little bit more. He is the resurrection. Yeah, he's going to live. I am the resurrection. I am the life. A little bit more. Get to know him a little bit more. Let the veils of your eyes by faith come off. Let God reveal himself just a little bit more in your life. Lord, I need more of you, less of me, less of my situation, less of my circumstance. I need to stop magnifying my situation and start glorifying you. And then she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe. It all connected. It all finally made sense. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who comes into the world. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, and without faith, it is impossible, impossible to please him. Faith is imparted by the Holy Ghost. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And the Holy Spirit begins to deposit that faith as we hear and take in what God says. Jesus spoke to him of who he was, his nature, his character, and faith was stirred up on the inside of her. And then he says, there's so much, I'm not even halfway through the chapter. I guess I'm going to have to cut it short. (laughs) Unless you all want to have time and we can stay and I will just go through the, I've got to two o'clock, thank you. We'll just go through the whole chapter here. He said, yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, Lord, I believe. Verse 26, whoever, whoever lives, whoever believes. King James says, whosoever, whosoever, whosoever believes, whosoever. Doesn't matter what, who you are, your background, or how far you are from God, or how hurt you are, or whatever the situation, whosoever believes shall never die. 
Peter said, for this promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. He said, and it shall come to pass, quoting Joel, it shall come to pass, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever. Call on the Lord today. Allow faith to be stirred up in your life and in your heart today. Don't live in the past. But allow God to bring you into a place of resurrection life. If I had in my house a drawing or painting, I was poor, I had no money, and I had somebody given me a painting of the Mona Lisa. I got the Mona Lisa on my wall. Obviously, I don't. <laughs> Might go to jail for that. <laughs> but let's just say someone gave me the Mona Lisa and I had it hanging on my wall. It was all that I had of value in my home. I had no money, no, you know, whatever. All I had was Mona Lisa. And I just left it there. I just looked at the Mona Lisa all day. Man, that's a great painting. It's worth a lot of money. Or I could take the Mona Lisa and go sell it and have a lot of money. Sometimes we don't recognize the value of the very thing that God's placed right in front of us. Jesus was standing there right in front of a situation of death and discouragement, and all they could see was death and discouragement. They couldn't see the value of the moment that God had called them to. Take time to just the bifocals of faith. You know, what do bifocals do? If you look up the top, you see whatever's happening, and you look through the bifocals, and you see things a little different. Is that, I don't wear bifocals. Am I describing this right? <laughs> Right? So a lot of times our, our faith bifocals, are, are the part of faith is really, really small. And we need to get them adjusted. We've got to go to the professional doctor. We've got to go to our, our optometrist Jesus and let him adjust our glasses so we can have eyes of faith. Perceived by faith the things that are around us. The opportunities of value that are placed right before us. When we come in and we worship, and we have services, and we worship, we recognize the value of what we have to worship the Lord together in freedom, in spirit, and in truth. God only knows how long that's going to last. Freedom, political freedom is what I'm talking about. It's coming. The only thing that will stop it is Christians who get on fire for God and start worshiping the Lord with passion and live a life of passion. That's the only thing that's going to stop anything. It's not better politics. It's the church. Politics doesn't go on out. I'm not going to talk politics, but, but I'm just going to tell you. The politics, done, they're, they ain't getting any better. <laughs> we see that in Scripture. It ain't getting any better. Before you know it, you'll start seeing religious leaders and politicians making deals together to advance the kingdom of darkness in the name of evangelism. It's in Revelation. The false church and the Antichrist making deals together. We're, we're moving that direction. It's not going to be better politics and it's not going to be better religion. It's going to be Christians who love the Lord and who are on fire for God 
and will open up their mouth and speak the word of God with boldness and love on the hurting, love on the broken. It's recognizing the opportunity of value that God's placed right in front of you to that coworker who's lost, to that family member who's lost. You know, and it doesn't even, like our sister was sharing this morning, it doesn't even have to be anything great. You just get touched by the Lord and God does the rest. She didn't say anything. She didn't do anything. She just has the resident, the, the residual anointing from that service on her wrist. And some of you say, well, that's hokey. No, I, that's Bible. Yeah. <laughs> that's Bible. Peter's shadow and Paul's handkerchiefs. That's Bible. It's residual. It's the, the anointing is tangible and transferable. Absolutely. We believe that. At least we say we do. It's in the Bible. Understanding the value of the opportunity God has placed before you and seize the day. I'm not trying to quote a popular movie. I'm just telling you the reality is that Christ is standing before us and saying now is the opportunity for the church to arise. Stop looking at the tomb. Stop looking at all things that are dead and open up your mouth. Start speaking. Lazarus, come forth. It's time for the church to stop playing dead religious games and start saying, Lazarus, come out of your tomb. Church, wake up. Get out of the tomb. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And the nations are coming to the rising of your brightness. Hallelujah. 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 Why don't you stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Why don't you just take the hand of the person next to you? Lord Jesus, help us to see the opportunities you've placed in front of us. Lord, help us to recognize the moments of value The King of Kings, the resurrection and the life is on the inside of us. Hallelujah. We don't have to be timid or afraid. We don't have to get caught up in anxiety or the worries of the past. But we can move forward. We can advance with boldness and the passion of God on the inside of us because we have resurrection life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.